right then, are we ready to go? Absolutely, Bob. Oh, I, sure. I, I need an adjective. An adjective. Oh, adjective. Effervescent. Okay. Effervescent. <laughs> Effervescent and iridescent, please. Effervescent and iridescent. I'm not even sure I can say that. Oh, no, that's Too fun. early for that many syllables. <laughs> well, what, what time is it there, Wack? It's nine twenty-eight. Oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> no, no, I woke up. I woke up an hour and a half ago, but it. I'm not a morning person. It. I. I need a few hours before my brain starts yeah. to. I. I rarely see nine a.m. To be fair. <laughs> uh, with me is my uh, effort. Oh, f- <laughs> what was it? Again? Effervescent and iridescent. Okay. It's only good for words. They're just pure objects for us. How hard could it be? <laughs> Anyway, anyway, anyway. Yes. We do have a structure to this show. We do, honestly. Which you blatantly ignored. Yeah, well, it's... <laughs> it's my fault. Yeah, yeah. It, it blame the guest. That's just... the way that you do it. Yeah, we'll it's blame Wack. It's all his fault. So the whole the whole crew, that's uh, Matt Mercer, Marisha Ray, blah, 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 blah. Marisha Ray, and uh, the whole crew. I saw William Shatner there once. Ah, those were the days. Yeah. Anyway, um, Did yeah. Did he do a spoken word album? <laughs> uh, well, he was he was um, hidden behind this curtain, and you had to pay twenty quid just to get around there just to see him. And I was, mm, I like him, but I like him twenty quid. So it got a little bit of a peep show vibe. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't know. It was how a, it was a bit weird. That. And there uh-huh. was this there was this line of it must have been like two hundred people there. Yeah. Wow. All they already what's that? Two two hundred people times twenty. What's that? Four hundred. Four thousand. Four thousand. Four thousand. Yeah. Four thousand pounds. Yeah, he does a right for that. Oh, that was a lot better back in the day. Yeah. Yes. What I would say it's my favourite, uh, second favourite. Sorry, of oh. the um, fifth edition modules. So, uh, Stride is number one. Mm-hmm. Then I think it's this. Yeah. Then I think it's Out of the Abyss. I like that one. Mm-hmm. I think I've just started a playthrough of that actually the other week. I wasn't so keen on the Storm Giants one. Which yeah. one was that? That's uh, Storm season. King's Thunder. Something yeah. yeah, and there's Princes of the Apocalypse. Eh. Yeah, again, uh, maybe maybe not my thing, but uh, Tomb of Annihilation. That is one that I personally would be super excited to play. Well, I'm super excited to be playing Horde of Dragon Queen, mm. but I would very much love to play Tomb of Annihilation. That's definitely on my list. Horde of the Dragon Queen was my first D and D thing because it was the first one that came out. Um, that was my very first. Yeah, foray into Dungeons and Dragons. I played Pathfinder before, but I hadn't mm. played any D and D, like straight D and D. Arguably, if you're um, playing Pathfinder, you are playing D and D. To be fair, right? They're all just right. different flavors of D and D, aren't they? And uh, I came into it with a seasoned role player plus three newbies, and that is wow. the wrong campaign to play with newbies. Yeah. You do not want to look at that campaign with newbies. No, it's, it's very cool. difficult. Brutal is how I describe it. The most brutal start I have ever (laughs) seen. Please tell me it gets slightly easier. I'm loving it, right? But I don't know if I can keep playing that hard, that high level gameplay. Because I'm I'm sat there, I'm a GM, there's another four G there's another three GMs around the table, and like here we've got another player who's not GM but is like really and we've all GM'd D and D. Right, so we're not mm-hmm. we're not noobs to the system. We know what we're doing. We've built for like you know some good stuff, but yeah, it's still kicking us. <laughs> Com- it's combat right out of the gate. Yeah. It's yeah. right off the bat. It's interesting because that's the first one they brought out. Well, apart yeah. from the um, beginner. And you beginner s- technically you're supposed to start it at level one as well. Which we have. If you are, yeah. If if you're Ooh. if you're 
familiar with fifth edition until you get to like level three mm -hmm. if somebody sneezes on you yeah. too hard it's you're dead right. you <laughs> yeah. should. i killed peachy four times in that game <laughs> you, 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 you should give uh, you should give first edition a try <laughs> right um, this is when you yeah. have a wizard with 1d4 hit points ah a house cat why <laughs> honestly I have played a wizard with two hit points before absolutely Whoa. Uh, put rinse wind to shame yeah. you're fleeing fleeing in terror going ah why not this anyway Moving anyway on. anyway anyway yeah that's right um, and they always do various events each year mm -hmm. you're right yeah, yeah you need to be fanning yourself yes hot ears <laughs> you have hot ears I, have, I don't I, think I've, I've ever seen that before. That's I've, I've, wow. I've always, I've always thought that, Peter. You do have hot ears. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> They're my best feature. I'm just, glad, I'm just glad you've got them covered up right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why should I have to cover myself? Because you can't control your gaze, you pervert. Anyway, moving swiftly on. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> or they might release um, just sort of uh, that's that sort of thing. You know, I said I say sort of all the time. Yes, that was it. Yeah. There, um, they release some. Um, uh, what other news do we have? Do we have any more news? There must be more news than this. No, we've, we've re you asked for all the news. You were priced on the news. And you have received it. Ha 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 More news. More news. News Digest. Let's have a look at Daryl's News Digest. Ah, yes. Uh, Daryl is um, our editor, an amazingly talented man who makes us sound like people who know what they're talking about yeah. as opposed to blathering idiots yeah. every week. He edits out all this blathering and we actually sound quite competent. It's amazing. And he'll do wow, that. how much? How many hours are we going to have to record? To Seriously, make that sometimes it's two and a half hours, and he gets like forty-five <laughs> minutes out of it. Yeah. But it's been going up. We may be getting better. I, I, I think he may just be slacking. I don't think we had that much golden. Hello, everyone. Your editor Daryl here. I did want to say the reason why the episodes are creeping over an hour more often, and these deleted scenes episodes push half an hour most of the time is because Russ and Peter are getting a lot better at hosting a show. There's a lot more usable material rather than bits that just need to be cut or aren't really interesting on their own. There's less filler material, more on-topic discussions, and even the off-topic discussions are still interesting. Which, you may be surprised to know, actually makes my job harder because I then have to make editorial decisions rather than simple quality decisions when it comes to what content to keep and what to put on these deleted scenes episodes. Which is why you should tell everyone you know who loves the show to back us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Morris so they can hear more of this great bonus content. Is that tomorrow? Yes. Tomorrow. Or yesterday, depending no, on when you're listening tomorrow. to this. Tomorrow. Yesterday, because yeah, be it's, it's Wednesday today, isn't it? It's Wednesday, it's Wednesday if you're... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yesterday. Yes, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, if we look in the book, you can find out who did it. Okay, one second. The book's under the laptop. Oh, book is under the lap. Wax Steven is sitting on the book. Oh, God. <laughs> Shift yourself. Get off of it. Right. Go on. Wait. Oh, wait. Where are you? Where is it? Yeah. So I had to make Lovely. myself okay. look taller. Cartographer. Cartographer. Probably the same chat. Uh, and more than Jason, we like this, your work. This is where you come to get your questions answered. Absolutely. Uh, as long as you want to know how much something weighs, we've got you covered. <laughs> You're like... What, what are these people jabbering about? What, what on earth could they be talking about? Yeah, we know how much books weigh. <laughs> That's our claim to fame. Now, do you, now here's the question. Do you, do you put the measurement in stone up on the... Uh... No, no, we're scientists, damn it. We use grams <laughs> like a regular person. No offense. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> also, the books. If we had a book that weighed a whole stone, that's like Listen, sixteen there's no, pounds. There's no reason to bring freedom units into this. Okay? <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. Oh, Pathfinder PF2. Uh, have you been following that? I haven't. I did mention before that Pathfinder was the mm-hmm. like pretty much the first system that I yeah. used for role playing. Mm-hmm. But after sort of using fifth edition and DMing between the two, and knowing that I mainly run shows, mm-hmm. uh, I, I I prefer using fifth edition in general. Uh, I don't know. I don't know like. It, what changes they're going to make for for second edition? Yeah. Though I am curious yeah. to know. Oh, I can definitely see that D and D fifth edition is better for sort of live streaming than Pathfinder is. Yeah, if Pathfinder is just it's, it's a bit it's just that little bit of extra sort of heaviness that just kind of would slow the game down. And live streaming tends to be because like uh, I don't know if you're a, a typical example, but you you guys it's very very freeform and relaxed he's an excellent example uh, whereas i think round a table uh, yep. things tend to be a lot a little sort of more crunchy and less role play yes. if that makes sense crunching those numbers mm-hmm. making yeah. sure that that five foot step does not lead to your doom in a hail of opportunity that yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean that just that might just be me who knows yeah. but that's that's, that's what I've seen. anyway yes. i was saying about pathfinder 2 yes before we got distracted Called Affair at Somberfell Hall. Affair at Somberfell Hall. Affair. Not affair, affair but affair. <laughs> As in, if I was going to give it a title, I'd call it the Somber Hill Affair. Yes. And let's avoid the ambiguity. It's probably easier, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. it is for me. Yeah. yeah. Somberfell, Somberfell Hall is not holding a fair. There is an affair. Well, I, I mean, know. what people do in the privacy of their own bedrooms, that's really up to them. I'm pretty sure Daryl can edit that bit out. <laughs> Yeah, well, if you've just said it out bit where Russ is speaking, that'd be super awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, is there like a podcast preview that you guys have somewhere, like when the when people download it? I was going to say that's the bit you should use for the for the preview. That would be an awesome bit yeah. to have in there. Uh, no, we don't. We don't do that. When, you, just... when, when you say awesome. <laughs> Awesome, awesome, awful. awful. It, it's the same root word, and isn't that what's important? <laughs> yeah. Um, where were we? Anyway, we Affair were. Affair at um... Hall. Mm-hmm. You're waving at your ear again. Yes. Okay. If you, if you kindly stop commenting on my <laughs> oral comfort, that would be fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> it is a little weird. But <laughs> in your most words of Eric Cartman. Ski gas and get home. Mm. <laughs> you know what? I'm really struggling to think of dedicated designed player versus player PvP role playing games. Um, yeah, I mean, can can you think of any of any player versus player yeah, yeah. like games? Games that are designed uh, specifically to support that. Because I mean, for... certainly that's not something you'd use Dungeons and Dragons to do. No, I mean, uh, maybe some of the Powered by the Apocalypse stuff. I mean, there's so many different games out there. I'm sure there's one. There's elements, uh, although those are very much focused on the dramaturgy, the storytelling aspects of the game. Right. Ooh. I'm not sure. I don't I don't oh, really... Dogs in the Vineyard, maybe. Have you ever come across that? I haven't, no. Uh, might be a bit before your time, because if you, you said, what, 2013? I think, yeah. I mean, I, I've never actually had a chance to play it, but... From what I've heard, that is where it would really shine. Yeah, could make sense. It, yeah. uh, from what from what Russ was saying, I think it's I think it's exactly what what he was talking about. It feels like it's probably a way to sort of sell merchandise more than any game mechanics. I don't I don't yeah, personally yeah. think they're going to create a game surrounded based around that. 
It, it, um, it seems like very different communities from people that would enjoy playing Fortnite and people right. that would enjoy like playing a role playing game. I don't know. Um, As a live streamer, we get. I mean, we get people that watch this stuff for the first time that are very intrigued by it, and it mm-hmm. happens a fair amount. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think I think you're mostly right on that. It's it's yeah. a it's sort, sort of a competition versus cooperation vibe. Right. Okay, I want to defend my inclusion of the Fortnite story. It's based on the statements that Hasbro CEO Brian Goldner has been saying on shows such as Mad Money attempting to link Dungeons & Dragons to esports and live streaming as those are two big industry buzzwords on the executive investor side of gaming right now. Fortnite is huge in both of those circles, while Dungeons & Dragons is huge in live streaming. And it really wouldn't take much for Hasbro to throw small six figures at Wizards of the Coast and tell them to throw together a role-playing game for Fortnite. I don't know how likely it is, but I don't think it's quite as impossible as the guys and several comments on my column have indicated. If they had said role-play in that same context in the same press release two years ago, I would have made the same assumption that it was for costumes and prop toys. Now, though... It's a lot more likely that they may be referring to a tabletop role-playing game. A lot of people have very bad experiences with um, playing PvP. cooperatively because what can happen? Um, I think the term I know of it as is um. Huh, sorry, you'll have to excuse the scrabbling in the background. That's a uh, Russ's golden Russ. retriever Django. That that no. is Russ. He's scrabbling at the door, yeah. and we haven't cut his nails for ages, so it's just like yeah. this <laughs> horrendous noise. <laughs> Along. <laughs> yeah. um, so wait, you might need a manicure, Russ. Oh, I don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was just saying, uh, yeah, so people, like quarterbacking is the term I've heard, which is where we're just talking about co- uh, competitive versus cooperative. Competitive versus cooperative play and how some people really don't like, won't, won't touch uh, cooperative board games because of things like quarterbacking where people have been telling them, you have to do this, that, and the other. Mm. These are the options. You, you know him actually, Jason Beckett. Yeah, I'm he perfect. won't. He won't touch a cooperative board game. Yeah, yeah he I despises know. them with every fibre of his being. I, I had noticed. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, I uh, board games holiday with him, mm-hmm. and like the man. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I feel like I'm almost the opposite. I actually really enjoy cooperative board too, games. I do too. Because yeah. I'm very competitive. I'm mm. extremely competitive. Yeah, and. Whenever there's a, a a competitive like game, I think that there's people that have enjoyment in seeing other people fail as opposed to trying to win themselves. To support, them. you know, yeah. yeah. And so, like, when there's teams that form up, I get really angry. I am, mm. I'm very competitive, <laughs> and um, okay, I'm, I'm cutthroat at Catan. I'm just I'm brutal at Catan. Oh. I tell you what, I like. Um, I really enjoy a traitor mechanic. I like a co-op game with a traitor yeah. mechanic. That's uh, the I think, secret I think Hitler prob- type. Yeah, like uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica. You remember that one a few years ago? Yeah, really, yeah. really enjoyed that one. My experience with Battlestar Galactica was tainted by the fact that I was playing with a guy who was not the Cylon. He was not the Cylon. Right. He just played like he was. Okay. It's like, dude, the PVE, the PVP, right? That comes based on your role you get assigned. You're not just supposed to PVP everybody just because. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, uh, competition and cooperation in role-playing games is actually something 
that can be a major issue. Like if the DM, because you said you're a very competitive man, uh, I'll be mm-hmm. honest, I, I can be known to be a little competitive myself from time to time. Um, but it, when I'm wearing my GM hat, it's really important for me to be able to put those comp- competitive urges aside. Well, to be fair, if you're the GM, it's not really much of a competition, is it? Well, well you just win all the time <laughs> as the GM. I mean, <laughs> I, I, unfortunately, there are actually two ancient red dragons. So, uh, just, just two like ancient red dragons, <laughs> seven orcuses, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and a small army of drizzts. Is, is it like an orchestra of orcuses? Is that the correct? An orchestra of orcs. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Okay. New collective now. Is it orcuses or is it orcasi? <laughs> oh, orkai, orkai, orkai. Yeah, orchestra of orkai. Assuming, of course, it comes go. from the Latin root, which seems unlikely. Hmm. Anyway, moving swiftly on. Should be how's it kicking? How's it kicking? Yes, that's another better title <laughs> for us. I yes. Didn't pay attention. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, no, it's part of our charm. It's like we have extremely long, convoluted names. Like, for instance, the name of this podcast is Morris's Unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk. Pretty sure. Yes. Yeah, 95% sure that's the name of our podcast. Yeah. Catchy, slips off the tongue. Yes, yeah, absolutely, slips off the tongue. I'm just trying to find the Kickstarter thing. Yes, yes, yes. No, it's great fun, though. And if you're like, I have no idea what this is, just... Come up with something that you think would be an excellent game to play, and then oh no, I got this. It. I'm ready. You got this. You're born ready. Yeah, I like right. it. So how about you do two each, ah. and then we'll see which of you gets the highest score. And the winner that won't be me. <laughs> <laughs> the winner gets the satisfaction of seeing the defeated face of their opponent. No pressure. Good luck with that. The score is currently nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. No, that's two points. Nine hundred ninety-eight thousand nine hundred ninety-eight tonight. Oh, you know what I mean. To a million. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whack. Numbers are hard. Yes, numbers Super are very hard. hard. Which I believe. Okay. Means he wins by five points. Five points. Yes. Because... One point. Yes, Russ. What? Okay. Go on, get on with it. Yes. Hey, well done, Russ. Yes. Good stuff. Hooray! <laughs> I, I give What's... you however many points you need to win by one point. Excellent. Whatever number that is. Uh, so yeah. So that was a zero. <laughs> <laughs> I needed zero points. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. All right. I can't count. Fine. Don't <laughs> rub it in. Oh, well, mummies are mummies are Egyptian, aren't they? Uh, also, yeah. South American. Are they South American as well? Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Well, it's basically mm-hmm. it's a preserved corpse. Okay. Like all dried up and stuff, okay. as opposed to liquefied. Okay. I uh, defer to your expertise in the subject. You know, you, Russ, you said you like to listen to the podcast, so obviously you're not getting any of the graphical mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, get a, we get a decent amount of people watching in live stream, and, and um, you know, I, I just, I feel if I don't do my best at something, mm. anything that I do, mm. um, it really bothers sure. me. Um, that's just the way that I was brought up. My father would always tell me, if you're not trying your best, why are you doing it? You know, um, it doesn't, I, I don't understand mm. it. So I, I'm, I'm very anal when it comes to that kind of thing. And, and yeah. being a graphic designer, I have to put in the effort. Um, it really depends on the show. Um, 
because we generally get live streamers. We get streamers to to, to play on these mm. shows because we try and get different audiences, their audience plus our sure, audience yeah. or, yeah. you know, whatever, try and mix and match. And then we get a lot of people that are new to the whole thing that maybe they played Dungeons and Dragons 20 years ago and they said, I can't, I didn't even know that this was happening now. Mm. Um, we get that a lot. Um, because there's players that are sort of very interested in min-maxing characters. Mm. Um, There's players that are very, that like to be very silly Mm. um, in general. Mm. They're going to be the the bard that, you know, takes Uh, their pants off as soon as they walk into the tavern, you know. Then there's players that are the actors. They they like to role play. Uh, I'm definitely one of those people. they just they like to role play very heavily, and then there's people that are just kind of all around, or people that are quiet, or whatever. Mm. Um, you get people that are rules lawyers, you know. Um, I try and get a little bit of everything. Yeah, I've noticed you have a bit of a mess on each show, which is I think a good thing. You yeah. usually have someone who's really solid with the rules, for example. Zakonikus is kind of my go-to yeah. guy when it comes to yeah. that. I mean, you were- he loves reading rules. He he'll read through a book three times before he does the. I show. used to do that, not anymore. <laughs> It's too hard now. Too much time. <laughs> when I first started doing this, I just went on Twitter and I had zero experience. Uh-uh. That's probably the best recommendation that I can make for someone. Mm-hmm. If you're just straight up intimidated by the whole thing, if you're just scared of putting dipping a toe into role playing, just do it. Just it's it's just jump in the deep end. Yes. Just say just play the game. Yes. Yeah. You're not going to know what it's like unless you just play it. Oh, I mean, a lot of people learn by doing anyway. Yeah. So you can yeah. tell you can tell them stuff for hours, but until they actually do it, they're not going to really, really understand what it is you're saying. Yeah, I, I've had people ask, "Can I come along to your role playing game club and watch a game?" And obviously, as you know, that's a very different sort of experience because they mm-hmm. might be expecting something like Matt Mercer, Critical Role, uh, Wax Stevens, and Warp. Wait, something wait, like that. Matt Mercer's not your role playing game club. Well, not every week, no. Well, yeah, but I, I'm saying I'm disappointed. Oh, so you should be. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe if we had better prizes, no, go. Anyway, no, um, and it's like I, I'm like, you, it's really just one of those things where if you're doing a role playing game, you want to be immersed into it. But at the same time, I feel like watching watching it, like because it, when it's a professionally produced show like you're doing, that's at the same time, not sort of not the same thing. Is that is that fair? It's not. Okay. It's definitely not. I think that's a very fair statement to make. Our show is very different than a than a tabletop role playing experience. Hmm. Yeah. But you talk about uh, your players as a cast. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that's the that's the term you use for them, and you've told me before yeah. about how sometimes it's uh, it's hard to sort of match the right cast to the right show. What mm. sort of what sort of challenges oh, are yeah. there there? How do you, how do you go about doing that? Oh, that's a really great topic in general. Uh, I feel like I could talk about this a lot. Uh, That's the hardest part of doing a live stream Mm -hmm. show, Mm -hmm. 100%. Mm -hmm. I I will argue, and I think this is just for DMs or GMs in general, managing your players and getting a committed time and schedule to do Mm. a a game Mm. is the hardest part. It's the hardest part. I don't care what anybody says. It's the hardest part. Oh, yeah. Um, Trying to find reliable people every week for your game. And of course, there need to be people who can perform as well rather than just play the game. They can't have 
on a show. Because on a tabletop, you can have that guy sitting in the corner who's quiet, rolls the dice occasionally, um, just gets involved when there's a fight or whatever. You can have that, and that's fine. doesn't matter. On a show, I assume, you know, you can't have that. Everyone has to pull their weight, don't they? Yeah, a lot of the casting choices come from experience and knowing the person's personality, you know, based on previous uh, shows or based on the way that they live stream. Finding the right cast is difficult. I like to get a cast based on the system, you know, for what's old is new. I find that players that like to be, uh, that are interested in Mm min-maxing, I think are going to have probably a better time uh, with that system. We do a lot of role play, obviously, on our shows. But I think in general, they're they're probably going to enjoy it um, more. And I want them to enjoy it. I want them to have a good time. It's going to translate well onto the show. Mm-hmm. And finding the right cast is, is tricky. You know, we spend a lot of time doing it, probably more than people expect. So how do you, how do you go about um, that? You approach people? Do people approach you? Are they mainly people you know? A little bit of everything. Do you put up ads on Roll20, that sort of jazz? I definitely don't do that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I, think, I think that uh, that's a great way for people to get players mm-hmm. um as i said there's a lot of pressure when you're doing a show to perform it's a much more relaxed environment when you're when you're doing a tabletop yeah. uh session yourself yeah. it's very very laid back i'll give you an example uh twitchcon uh last mm-hmm. year the main reason that i wanted to go to twitchcon mm-hmm. was because i wanted to meet up with all my friends and run a tabletop role-playing game right. i just wanted to run that there <laughs> Um, did you do that? Because I I never get to do oh, that. Not I, in that person. was the first one that I ever did. Yeah, of course, you do everything yeah. online, so it's like actually having people around the That's table. Interesting. So how, yeah. how do you find that experience then? Um, very different and extremely relaxing. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it's, it's you know these are shows, these are produced. There's a ton of work that goes yeah. into it. Mm. Not that there's not a lot for the stay the stay at home sessions. It's not the same level um, of effort. I feel. I brought. Uh, I brought City of Mist. Nice. Uh, to, I was playing that on Saturday that, myself. It was a lot of fun. It's a great game. Um, it's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I definitely wasn't doing everything correctly, but there was no pressure. Yeah. I didn't have people in chat saying, uh, uh, "That's not." <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you're, you're the plus two that you're doing here oh, doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you know, I, no, nobody was doing that. Everybody was just very enthused to play, mm. and they had a good time. Um, and we played with a ton of people. I basically, I invited as many people as I could because I didn't know who was going to mm. show up. And at conventions, it's crazy. Everybody's running around like a chicken with their head cut off. But uh, I got as many people as I could, and we and we had like eight or nine people that's there great. trying to role play. That, that's, that's about yeah, as, that's about as big as I run, I think. Yeah, anyway. actually, I, that was one of the things I meant to ask about. Like, you know, it's possible, but hard. I would say to run for a group of eight or nine people, uh, probably a lot easier with City of Mist because it's quite, it's like a lot of 2d6. For me, it was just a matter of finding people to do it with. And Roll20 gave me an opportunity to do that because frankly, mm-hmm. it's hard to find people locally. You know, you guys live in the UK, so it's, you've got more people per square mile. Higher population um, density sort of thing. We don't yeah, have those it's much higher. wide open spaces. Like I imagine yeah. Kansas role playing, a lot of it's going to go online, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so it's it's a lot harder to find people that want to play nearby. For instance, mm-hmm. if I wanted to do it nearby, mm-hmm. uh, I did a little investigating. Um, the closest hobby shop that I've got to me is about, mm, 
half an hour away drive. So when I was working a full-time job, I would have had to leave work, go immediately there from work. And it's farther from where I worked. So Mm. it's 45 minutes at least. And that's me coming straight from work to go role play and then role playing for four hours, then coming home. I mean, it's exhausting. (laughs) I didn't want to do that on a weekday. So Roll20 was kind of the choice for me, and it's snowballed from there. Fantastic. Well, what we're going to do is a bit later, we're going to really delve into live streaming just as a concept. And you're like, you're the resident expert on this. So we're just going to quiz you about the whole subject and you can just share all your expertise and knowledge with us. If that's okay. Okay. Because neither of us, you've never done it before, have you? I've run a couple of games on Skype, but nowhere near. I have never in my life role played online. It's always been, you know, around a dining room table or something like that. So it's a totally... It's yeah. I mean, you monetize it to an extent because you obviously make a living doing it. We have a Patreon. So how, yeah. how, how, how does that work? Does it, do you find it's a, it's a good living? Is it hard to do that? So um, we're getting into kind of a different area, but mm-hmm. like income r- revenue streams are really important, obviously, if you're doing this, if you're trying to make this yeah. your yeah. job. Uh, not many people have done that successfully. Yeah. Um, as a warning, yeah. just uh, if if you're listening to this and you're like, "Hey, I want to do that. I want to be a full time mm-hmm. DM." First of all, it's not easy. No. It, 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 anybody that's had their own, you know, their their own business mm. knows this. Mm. Number two, immense amounts of work. It's I, I I was a full I was working as a full time graphic designer mm. plus doing four shows wow. a week. At one point, That's a lot of hours. It's it's a staggering. I mean, at least sixty to ninety hours a week, at least. Wow. And and I did that for a few years, so it's not easy. No, um, no I can. It took it took me. A long- I can empathize with that. I mean, I like you. I basically self employed essentially, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's I'm basically working twenty four seven. There's no point when I'm mm-hmm. not working. If I'm not working on something, I'm thinking about working on something, or I'm mm-hmm. answering an email, or I'm. You know, there's no point where I'm not working mm-hmm. ever in some way or preparing to work or thinking about work or anything like that. And I think that's the same for a lot of people in the sort mm. of creative industries. Yeah, but anyone who's running yeah. their own business, which oh, is, yeah, yeah. I guess, essentially what you're doing there, Whack, is, mm-hmm. yep. you know, is pretty much on all the time. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to be. I mean, do you find you can switch off and just go and do something else and come back to it at nine o'clock the next morning? Because I certainly don't in my line. It's, you know... Uh... I, I feel like yes and no. Since I make my own schedule, mm. I, I have more freedom to kind of just say, oh, you know, I haven't seen my mom in a while. Maybe I should go give her a yeah. visit, you know, during the day. Oh, okay. You know, I'll just, I'll say, hey, why don't I go buy some breakfast or something and I'll go visit her. This is like, obviously, we're talking years and years of intense work. Um, surely burnout is a very real risk. I mean, do you? Absolutely. Uh, what what Absolutely. strategies, do you have any coping mechanisms you use to avoid that? You know, I think the the key thing is recognizing when you are spending too much time on something. Mm. If you're staring at your screen trying to work and nothing is coming out, if you just have like a creative block, Mm -hmm. you're probably overworked. Like Mm. you probably just need to say, okay, I need to talk to my friends. And if they are telling you that you're overworked, you need to listen Mm. to your friends. And it's important to have those friends that, recognize when you're you know working too hard um and kind of just to tie into the to the other question that russ asked mm-hmm. about just you know the income streams and such and patreon 
you know, table story in general has several income streams. And I think that's important for anybody that wants to try to do this. We have multiple income streams. We've got Patreon. We've got the channel itself, which makes money from subscriptions and don and, and tips. And uh, we have sponsorships like uh, Russ is our sponsor for uh, Warped. Mm-hmm. We're trying to introduce merchandise into things. We're trying to make as many revenue streams yeah, yeah, as possible. Yeah. So if anything were to dry up, or whatever, then we're still covered. Yeah, um, so you're, you're not putting all your eggs in the one basket. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If you wanted to give a shout-out to some of the people that um, you came with, because I noticed you've worked with uh, yeah. some of them multiple times as Sagoticus, as PC Pixel, and people like that. Mm. I mean, uh, have you, you've got a few sort of go-to people that you tend to you know, mm-hmm. go back to time and time again, because I noticed they appear yeah. in two or three shows. Yeah, um, usually I try and bring really stable people mm-hmm. onto shows mm-hmm. as often as I can. Of course. Uh, as I said, wrangling the cast is probably the hardest part yeah. of, of doing mm-hmm. all of this. And especially working with live streamers, yes. they've got a lot of responsibilities. Of we have a lot of responsibilities in general. We're running around like crazy. We've got all these different commitments mm-hmm. and everything. So I have uh, you know, a good good group of friends that I've accumulated over the years. Uh, Peachy Pixelate, Zakonicus, you know that that are on multiple shows that are very reliable and good friends of mine um, that um, don't really have giant communities or anything like that, mm-hmm. but they're they're really good role players, yeah. and uh, I can always rely on them. The more people I can get like that, the better. You know, we try and we we hoard those people and we get yeah. them on on different shows, and I, I recommend them to other people um, very often. Um, but it's also important as a live streamer to get different audiences. Uh, so we, we do try to branch branch out as much as possible, and we get we get people that um, from different communities, maybe that we think are potentially good role players. Mm-hmm. They yeah. they have personalities that lend themselves well to role yeah. playing, and they're interested in doing it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, we try and vary the the audiences and stuff. How, how important would you say uh, like the ability to voice act is? Especially, especially for a, a GM like yourself, but also for a player, perhaps. Because mm. um, I noticed that uh, some some of your players, are, you know, they're really, really great. Like mm. uh, I think Peachy, mm-hmm. Peachy has put on some such different voices. You know, <laughs> you mean Neil? Oh Bain. yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> right. Um, maybe right after I figure figure out this paperwork, <laughs> I could uh, continue on. Um, he, uh, yeah, uh, I would say for me, um, I think it's really helpful for shows. Um, it's not necessary, uh, f- to do the show, but I think it really does help. It helps differentiate staying in character and, and, um, you know, some people get like confused with that thing, uh, with that whole aspect of things, uh, first person versus third person. Yeah. It, it's, it's actually extremely irksome for mm-hmm. me. When I watch a stream and people are switching between first and third person all the time, um, it's very, very troubling. It's better if they got the voice um, for it, though. Yeah, yeah it, it does help. Yeah. It helps. It helps you as a, as a player, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You don't have to necessarily be good at voice yeah. acting. Just giving your character a voice mm-hmm. that's different from your own yes. is one that will help you get into a good sure. mindset. I think yeah. when you're playing the character, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I've got, I've and it will admit, help people that know. Really, not in my it, skill set at all. Voices is not <laughs> a thing for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not necessary. It's just helpful. 
Um, there's also people that like to play those very chaotic characters mm. that are being combative or whatever, and having a different voice is a good way to know that that's not them saying that right thing. yeah and it can avoid potential fights because that stuff happens there's people that takes things personally it's like no that was my character um you know and and uh i think it's helpful for that um as for the show it's 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 a good addition i'm not gonna lie I, I, and say i you know i i need it for every show but if i had a show where everyone stayed in character the entire time mm. and did a voice and things wow. it's it's a good sell. That would be, you know, it's helpful. You know, Liam O'Brien does it on Critical Role. He even stays in character when he's like, talking to people or, you know, <laughs> talking to Matt. Um, and I think it's helpful. Yeah. Um, and as a GM, you, know, you do it too. I mean, how important is it for you oh, to be able to sort of portray all the different NPCs? Because I like to do the role play stuff, and I and I uh, and I can. I'm. I think I'm a decent voice actor. Mm -hmm. I, I like it. It helps me separate the NPC voices in my mm. head. Oh. You know, um, any any GM that that does this, trying to remember an NPC's motivations, goals, etc., can get difficult. Uh. Especially if you're in a situation where you're in an urban environment and there's a lot of people, and you know, when you have to, when the players decide to talk to, you know, Jack over there mm. and and Bill over oh. there, and yeah. you know. <laughs> If you talk in a different voice for each of them, it's a little bit easier, I think, for me at least yeah. to separate those people. Do you have a and not? Do you just, have a sort of like go-to set of sort of accents and voices you can do? Voices, yeah. or, or do you find you can? I think I just straight up. It it just comes to me when I <laughs> so do you feel it. You can sort of lend your hand um, yeah. to almost anything, given a. It's difficult to do female voices. Mm. I think a lot of you know male DMs and GMs have a problem with female right, yeah. voices. Um, and to be fair, if you, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. There's only a few actors that I know that do really well with the female voices. Yeah. There, I, I, I think. Um, I think with female voices, the best idea is just not to try because you know there's people that just sort of just raise their voice a few octaves and it just sounds ridiculous. Mm. And right. It's, oh, speaking in a sort of falsetto, yeah, it's also, uh, quite, it's also yeah. quite insulting, I imagine yeah, as well. Very much. So, I don't think I've ever heard yeah. a woman speak one. Well, how about? Do you want to do you want to try a little game? To try a few different. Oh, we have a second. Try game. Try, okay, try sure. a few accents out just for a laugh. I know, super exciting. See, All right. see what you can do. Yeah. Right. So, how about we just pick a couple each and. Uh... If you start talking about dialects in England, no, uh, that's going to be impossible for <laughs> right, me. It's not easy. Right. Go just a goblin. A goblin. Ah, uh, goblin. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, so uh, the typical goblins usually are. Uh, I think a lot of people see them as a bit crazy and <laughs> a little uh, manic. That's a good goblin. I like that. Something along those lines. I could definitely do that. Was goblin. Mm. Yeah. You want to pick one, Peter? Oh, um, how about a dwarf? All right. So a lot of people see a dwarf as a typical like yeah, Scottish, Scottish is the stereotype uh, type acts. Yeah. I, I do like sometimes like to break the the mold mm. there and go like with a Russian dwarf. Oh, I think right, those are right. those are fun Russian. too. Um, but uh, sure, uh, all right. A typical uh, sort of uh, dwarven voice, uh, something gruff and a bit uh, Scottish <laughs> in general, a uh, bit something like that. I'm impressed. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. So. No, I don't. Even. I don't even know how to begin doing that. To be honest. No, no. Uh, well, yeah, I mean. A lot of talking to yourself in the bathroom. Yes. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't do that either. Oh, no, you <laughs> Yeah. And we have got seven entries this week. Seven entries. So, Fantastic. are you ready? Entry number one. Okay. Was not an entry. Just a thing. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> We've got six entries. Woohoo! This one's from Germany. Uh, oh, God, I've got to pronounce this one. Okay. Nicholas... Uh, Budin? Budin? Budin. B-E-U-D-I-N. Budin. I, I should interrupt you just for a second. This is the exciting part of the podcast where you too can have your name mispronounced by Russ. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not my strongest. <laughs> okay. Hello, Morris. <laughs> he does not mention you, Peter. Only me. <laughs> uh, offended now. I am clearly the best. Yeah. yeah you Big fan it. of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know if you want me to boost and maintain the buzz around the Just Dread RPG on French forums and social networks. Um, yes, uh, yes, Nicholas Budin. We would love you to do that. It's true. Not, It's not actually a competition entry, though. Oh, in which case, thank you for it. Oh, down to five. Well, yeah, uh, it'll be all right. That's all for this week. I want to thank our amazing patrons here at patreon.com slash morris for all your support. You make what we do possible. Until next week.